right, we're live, Michael. Greetings, everybody, and welcome to episode 4.5 of the Truck Schmucks. It's episode four and a half because we recorded episode four like a month ago and didn't use it for whatever reason, but that's okay. We're here now. I just want to apologize for our absence because things have been kind of hectic with us and everything going on in the world lately. COVID-19! Yeah. This is episode COVID-19. This episode COVID-19. Alright, so I just want to point out that we have been social distancing on this show before social distancing was fucking cool. <laughs> I mean, like, our, our, the first episode we recorded, we actually, like, met up in person and then crammed on one couch and, like, slammed back some beers and recorded, and it went pretty well considering, but then we were like, all right, logistically, we all work three completely different schedules, so we're going to have to just do this over, like, freaking Skype or something. Well, and then the 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 software derped and just ate it on <laughs> us. Oh, man, that, that fucking first episode that we did was, like, two hours of solid material. <laughs> like, and then we all got in trouble by our wives. So, like, <laughs> we probably have, like, like, okay, so we have, like, what, legitimately posted four episodes, uh, but we've will, probably recorded, the... like, seven or eight, all yeah. in all, but it kept, like, screwing up. Right, yeah. Well, it was a combination of screwing up, and then we would get kind of little toasted, and then just say some dumb shit, and then we're like, no, we can't say this stuff. We just <laughs> Maybe, said. and then I was like, look, we already recorded the episode, maybe we could just cut it, but whatever. It's not that hard to just record again. Yeah, no. which is what we're what we're doing essentially. So yeah, so we got a solid fucking episode. I have been ever since we took a break. I have been scheming. I shouldn't say scheming, but I have been like writing a fucking episode a day. Like every time I like think of something, I'm on my lunch break at work. I'm like, oh shit, we gotta write. I gotta write this down. And this is your episode. So obviously things have changed. Um, obviously we're we're all feeling the uh, the COVID or the beer virus or <clears throat> what our president calls the Chinese virus. The China virus. The China virus. Whatever Monica you so desire. Yep. Um, but so fuck. Sorry. Um, so. Um, to touch base on our last episode, um, we've been pre-planning off air. Um, you know, during this time, there's a lot of shit. We're all working extra hours. Um, my full-time job, um, I work in a hospital. Well, work in, with a hospital, but now I'm working in the hospital. Um, I, I joke with the patients um, that I have... Uh, my number has been called. It's like World War II. Your draft number's been called, kid. Come up to the hospital. Well, um, pretty much have. I, pretty much. Um, but I am so thankful to do it because um, I get I get to go around the hospital talking to people all day. That is it. That's the only thing I do. I go around, check in, make sure they're not delirious um, because delirium is the n number one killer of geriatric patients. Fun fact. Um, and they are five times greater to develop dementia once they hit delirium. Fun fact. Fun fact. Fun fact. Not fun for them, but it's still a fun fact. But 
uh, getting back onto topic, um, you know, you got to take care of yourself, um, especially mentally. Um, that's the biggest thing. And obviously we're connecting episodes from episode three with James, um, which I'm super bummed. Speaking of James, um, did you guys see on the the whole, well, it wasn't, I was going to say this whole virus thing, but it really wasn't. It was just the fact that we were all working. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I kind of forgot about that and I feel bad, but I kind of forgot about that. Yeah. But, uh, that was my fault for not saving a reminder in my calendar. Exactly. Um, and then when it came up and it was like, oh, you got this event coming up for stay fit for fire. I'm like, well, shit, that's tonight. Well, (laughs) oops. And it's and it was the night of my anniversary, so I'm like, mm, no, nope. like I might not be able to pull this off. Uh, nope, nope. Well, I was, I was excited. I was like, yeah, I got this thing going on. I'm gonna be able to be there. And then I, I was like, let me double check my schedule. And I'm like, no, you Oops. can't go. You gotta work. Yeah, and it sucks because I wanted to go. I wanted to hang out with James. Um, he has his. Like I went to his last symposium last year. It was very, very good. So we have to make the next one that he has. Yes, and we got to pitch in and buy beers. Yes. Oh, that's easy enough. Yeah, my brain, I constantly forget crap. It's horrible. Um, I feel like it's a common theme amongst our... Uh... <laughs> Demographic. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, getting back to... You know, you you gotta you gotta take care of yourself mentally, physically. Yeah, we gotta oh we gotta we gotta use our PPE, use our universal precautions. But what about the innards, the brain? Um, just with like I'm getting, I feel I actually talked to one of my doctors today, and I told him straight up, I go, I feel like Muhammad Ali climbed into my skull and just rope doped my brain. Um, <laughs> and that's the exact reaction I got from him too. <laughs> was the chuckle um but yeah i'm just fucking mentally exhausted i'm like I, I i need a break so i get a long weekend i get a mental health day on monday well yeah that's the whole thing about this is at first i mean ignorantly i was like oh well things are going to be a little boring at work it's not going to be a big thing fast forward like a, half a week into it and i'm like uh I'm going fucking nuts. Yep. I mean, stop and think about it. We, you, and, you know, the town, um, the fire district, two towns below you, and, you know, we were talking to an, a per diem uh, that you, Mike and I work with. Um, he was telling me that they, it is not, you know, anything to do 25, 30 calls in a 24-hour period, and now they were down to five the last shift he worked. Five. Right. Come on. What the fuck? It's... it's Seven. (laughs) It's, like, it's been, even for where I work now, it's been eerily stagnant. Yeah. Like, I, last, last time I was on, I got so bored, well, I'd do this anyway, I'd get up into the bays and do my thing, go over truck, make sure I'm not slipping, forgetting stuff, and uh, I'll just pace around the trucks. And I was just looking outside, and I'm like, there is no life 
out on this major roadway. Yeah. And it's eerie. Yeah, I'm used to see, hearing cars go by, people walking by my house, and that's not even fucking happening. And it's kind of depressing, um, you know, when you're used to the hustle and bustle, and you can't even get that anymore. And So it sucks. No, you can't. Like, I mean... Like even if you don't get out and do things, like you can't you can't people watch because there's no fucking people to watch. Exactly. And, and you can't really. I mean, you could go to Walmart and people watch, but eh. there's no people in I mean, Walmart go, to watch. You, yeah, you, you can't <laughs> go to the mall and people watch because they just closed. But you could kind of go to Walmart and look at some people because Walmart's good for people watching. Right. And even that, then that'll get kind of irritating. It just gets like, old. Fifteen minutes. Right. Because so the there's the is, same five people. Yeah. I mean, the point is, take care of yourself because it's just a matter of time before one of your coworkers gets sick and then you... Uh, excuse me. There it is. There's the signature burp. Um, it is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, and then you have to... And then that's just one less person on your, your shift, your work floor. Um, you know, which kind of leads us into the other thing um, for anybody who is following the page um and you know mike bagels mike bagels um what? posted uh, mike you want to take over and, and handle the uh the thing that you posted okay, yesterday so, okay so i can do a cliff note uh yep. i'm not going to get into the full backstory but like i had to bring my cat to the vet so i was sitting outside in the parking lot while they were doing curbside and i was just scrolling through facebook and uh I'm originally from New York State. Not the city, but upstate New York, but pretty close to the city. And Whacker pages in New York, and I was looking at, I'm going to give them a plug, New York City Firewire, and they posted a GoFundMe for an FDNY paramedic. So I was just reading, actually, an EMS1 article that followed up on it. Let me see if I could pull it back up again really quick so da, 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 da. so as of when they wrote this article what was it today at 11 in the morning 46 members of FDMY okay have been I can't remember if it was diagnosed or tested I hit the wrong one all right they've so we need a jo we need a Joe Rogan fact checker while we're on this fucking thing <laughs> Right, Sean, I looked that around shit. too before I, I looked around too and like read news articles before I posted that because I wanted to be sure. So, 46 members of FDNY between fire and EMS have been tested positive for uh, COVID-19, and this one paramedic, when I looked at the GoFundMe they started for her, was recently intubated and put on a ventilator. So when I came across the post on the New York City Firewire, I was just like, man, this hits home, like. I may not have been from the city, but I was from, like, within an hour of the city in upstate New York. I spent the first eight years of my life there. And so I'd shot everyone a message, and I was like, what do you guys think of posting this? Because normally I'm like, I'm not going to tell people what to do with their money, but this one, they, you know, it's kind of fucking personal. Right. You got to look out for the fellow New Yorkers. I grew well, up help going to this city. Yeah, I mean, um, and to, you know, to go off of Mike, and I'm doing my own little google search um so it's not just the fire department it's our stepbrothers in blue 
Um, in New York City yeah, alone, the members of the NYPD, there is 129 police officers that have been diagnosed with COVID-19. 129. That is 129 yeah, poli- it, New York City police officers that are not walking their beat. It's like New York City is one of the... It's just... it. The whole thing with the spread and everything, you just got to look at statistics. There's a lot of freaking people that live in New York City. There's a lot of chance for it to spread. So New York yeah. City is having huge numbers of positive tests. Oh, yeah. And plus, like, it, you got it? the international airport. So, I mean, it's a hotbed yeah. for COVID-19 or coronavirus, well, like whatever you want to call it. Half of all cases are in New York State like yeah, itself. Some, or in the some city. Some crap like that. Yeah, I can't remember exactly, but yeah. <clears throat> So, and also, I mean, this one hits close to home for us. Um, You know, just today, uh, the news broke, actually yesterday, excuse me, um, you know, two of our fellow brothers or sisters um, from the Boston City Fire Department have tested positive, and 17 have self-quarantined. I mean, this is, this is, I mean, we're not going to spend the entire episode talking about the fucking coronavirus, because we're hearing enough of it on the fucking news, but... You gotta take care of yourself. Make sure you wear your PPE. Put a fucking Scott pack. If you got Scott packs on your ambulance, put the Scott pack on. Just wear them. Just wear them. They are better than an N95. Um, me personally, me personally, I have the adapter for the mask for filters, and they're P100. Right. Even the filters. Basically, all right. So. For any of you who have watched Generation Kill, this is a perfect example. When they whip out their fucking isolation suits when they go to Mop 4, like when they open the bag that has the suit in it, they can only wear the suit for 30 days. Your filters, once you unseal them, even if you don't use them, have a shelf life for being open. So it's like you got to watch all your crap. Be smart with it. Don't reuse it. Yeah. I, I don't. I can't remember where exactly I saw it myself, but I mean, in some areas they don't really have a choice. Some nurses and doctors are using their PPE through multiple patients throughout the day. Yeah, yeah and multiple shifts. Even I was sometimes. watching. Yeah, I was watching. Um, I forget where I. Heard, it was actually on the news. It was late night. Uh, it was uh, World News with David Muir. And they were talking about there are some Italian doctors that don't want to go to the bathroom. Why? Because they don't want to reuse their gowns, their their masks. They don't want to get new ones because there's such a shortage. Um, you know, you know, we were talking about it at work yesterday that you know people are like, oh my god, um, what can I do? Can I sew you a mask? Like, no, those masks don't work. I mean, they're they're great in a pinch because you don't have to use another N95. But it's not going to protect you because it's going to get moist from you breathing. And then that moisture yep. is going to fertilize the, the the virus inside your mask, and you're going to keep breathing that. I mean, it's obvious that, that COVID-19 is a very airborne virus. You catch it by breathing. That's the reason why they say the six feet. Everybody's like, oh, my God, why is six feet? Um, well, six. Because when you sneeze, it's a, it goes roughly six feet. So if you're seven feet away from a person, and guess what? I think you're okay. Well, that Once it gets like... to seven feet, it hits the wall and it stops. Exactly. <laughs> it hits the wall. Um, but, you know, that kind of brings us into one of our topics. Um, the Tonight's, today's, 
podcast episode, episode, you know, talks about, you know, is your department prepared for the big one? You know, what's the big one? Is it, you know, everybody thinks, of, us firefighters always think of the big one as the, the big fire. I mean, right now, I mean, we are in uncharted territory. So the big one is this pandemic. You know, we were all worried about the, the swine flu, H1N1. Um, the bird, no, wait, the bird flu is H1N1. SARS. SARS. Um, you know, I, avian I, flu is what you think. Yeah. Um, thank you, Michael. You know, but right now, in a lot, lot of rural fire departments that are combination fire and EMS, this is their big one. They don't have the supplies to go around to make sure that each person that goes on that run is covered with the proper PPE. So that's the reason why I say, you know, if you got a, if you got Scott, you know, you got Scott packs on your MSA packs, whatever, SCBAs on your on your bus, throw them on. It is way easier to refill the cylinder and wash the mask out than, you know, be stuck somewhere in hotel rooms, you know, a secluded part in your home, away from your family. Not for a fucking virus. It's not worth it. Um, but, you know, to go off of that, I have some, some talking points, you know, luckily enough, our dispatch center, I'm not sure what your dispatch center does, Travis, um, but ours has implemented a, what they call a U21. Um, yep, they do the same thing. Okay, so we're all the on board. Problem, um, <laughs> the only problem with that is they started doing it and didn't tell us. Right, and it was like, they, they started. didn't tell you guys at all? Um, yeah, they told us on uh, they told us on Sunday that they started they were After starting to do this. Um, like, what's this U twenty one? So, to clarify what U twenty one is, and Mike, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, the U stands for universal, so universal precautions. And um, in the state of Maine, um, some of the state trooper, the state, the state, the police departments use ten codes. So ten twenty one is to call in um, to get information, give a call. Um, so when you hear U21, it's like, oh, well, I guess we're going to a, a suspected COVID patient. Um, you know, somebody who meets the specific guidelines that the dispatchers have asked them questions. Um, new cough. When did this cough start? Did it start in the last 14 days? Um, have you traveled anywhere? You know, outside your norm. Um, could be the state, could be the country, whatever. Um, but... You know, they, and then once they narrow down the questions, they dispatch kid says, "Yes, this is a confirmed U twenty one." Okay. Yeah, they either it's either positive, unknown, or negative, and basically it's just like U stands for universal protection and precautions. Twenty one is a play on you know ten twenty one. Give me a call. First right. time I heard it, I'm like, "We don't use ten codes." Didn't anyone <laughs> listen to freaking the NIMS classes? What are you talking about? <laughs> And then I was like, it actually makes sense. Never mind. I'm sorry. Never mind. I forget. <laughs> I forgive me for saying it. And, you know, but so yeah, it's like if it's a positive or unknown, really, it's saying, hey, you know, oh, we got a unknown U21. So it's saying universal precautions. Hey, give us a call and we'll tell you more. Right. Because, you know, saying crap over the radio. Man, we're scanner. Personally, land I don't is... like talking on them. No, me neither. Especially with, um, you know, sensitive stuff like this. Um yeah, like, you know, when when you're transporting someone to a hospital and it's like, oh, I got to give my call in and you use a radio. Personally, 
I hate that shit. I hate giving patient information, even though it's not HIPAA, blah, blah, blah. You're being vague. I just hate talking over the radio because then it's like you can only talk for so long in theory if you're actually using radios properly. And it's just like I just call. It's way more personal to me to actually right. physically call and talk to someone. Which yeah, yeah. which kind of leads me into the next talking point. So we covered – make sure you know, you know your patient. Know what you're going to for a call. Um, and again – like going into the whole hospital thing what ho- what is the nearest hospital that is prepared to take on that possible covid patient um i know right up the street from me i'm i live right down the street from a hospital um and i happen to see on the the snap face uh the book of faces facebook whatever you want to call it um a little yellow tent outside the hospital and I was like, no fucking way. Until I, until they I, got the tent over there? They got the tent over there. And then I drove you by. Know, I... And then I drove by, and I look over, and there it is. There's two dudes outside, Tyvek suits. And I'm like, and I and I chuckled. I'm like, no fucking way. Um, and that, just like, what is this, 28 days later? Right? <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> um, so, and then, you know... You know, especially nowadays, you know, we emphasize drop the patient off, you know, you know, get to the hospital, drop your patient off, give the pat, you know, give the pass down to the nurse, get the fuck out, get your rig back in service. Um, but it's all really, really important to drop your patient off, do the pass down, get the fuck out of there. Um, you know, I know the hospital I work in, we're a level one trauma center and it is fucking dead up there. Um no pun intended um you know the floors are empty um we have capacity of doing roughly um in the morning when we do our rounds um you know we usually hear um you know our capacity is about 550 600 whatever and we we have 635 beds um but uh anybody that's gonna you know google that is gonna figure out where i work pretty quickly um but yesterday yeah and i mean I sat in. It's and, not just a trauma center either. No, it's an everything. Um, there, the trauma have, center, the fucking adult children's th- hospital. Exactly. Like, um, you know, um, and so, and we had 430 people admitted. So we're usually up around 550, 600, and now we're down to 430. And they were, and they were shipping out about 16 more patients out that day, yesterday, um, and. I looked today at the numbers, and we have about 13 uh, COVID patients that are actively in the hospital, admitted to the hospital. Um, so yeah, like I said, we're not gonna harp on this. This is just a huge talking point, and I figured, since you know, since it's a thing, we should talk about it. It's the the elephant in the room. Um, I mean, with everything going on right now, it's an easy topic. To it's talk an easy. To- to- it is an easy talk topic. about briefly yeah well, i was gonna say it's the elephant in the room but it's the elephant that's like bashing you in the face with its trunk and like you're not looking away from me yeah um and so, yeah just to go off of that quickly we had a yeah i had a family well my dad we had a scare with him we thought he had it he ended up the whole nine sedated intubated they ran multiple tests on him he didn't have it 
thank Jesus. But I am, yeah, I am profoundly shocked that he did not have it at all. It was just pneumonia that ended up in them finding orb cysts or orb masses so, in both of his lungs. Yeah. So also on that, um, everybody is like, oh, this is just affecting old people. But the t- statistics show, and numbers don't lie, um, from 20 to 40, that's the age range. That That is the people that are most likely being admitted to hospitals. The age is 20 to 40. Um, and then when you really dig deeper, um, you know, it is less frequent to, you know, hit guy, guys harder than, than the girls. Um, you know, in Maine, you know, the women are outnumbering the guys two to one. Um, being di- I saw that. Being That's... diagnosed. Sorry. Isn't that crazy? No, 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 no. Um, but it just... That's... It yeah. emphasizes. Um, and the people that are dying from this, yes, they are already immune compromised. They have underlying health conditions, um, which is the more important that everybody, you know, yes, is pissed off about this social distancing thing. You can't go out. You can't go to the bars. You can't do anything. You can't go to the movies to distract yourself from it. Um, But it's important. Um, When you stop to think about it, you can be walking around with it for 14 days and not know it. You know, go to your grandma's house and give her a hug, give her a kiss. You know, whatever, talk to her, accidentally sneeze on her. I don't know who fucking sneezes on their grandparents. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, that could happen. And then the next thing you know, two days later, you get the call from whoever. It'd be like, oh, well, grandma's in, in the ICU fighting for her life. And it's like, oh, fuck. And then you find out you got COVID-19. She's got COVID-19. Then you're you're left with that. So... Um, I am not a huge fan of the social distancing and, and, you know, being stuck at home. Um, I'm a very active person, especially St. Patrick's Day. I was stuck in my fucking house. Plus side, silver lining, I got to watch Dropkick Murphys. So, I mean. Yes, that was awesome. That was the silver lining. Class act from those gentlemen. Oh, man. Um, so, not to plug them, but, um. And again, we're not sponsored by the Dropkick Murphys. We're not sponsored by the fucking Clatter Fund. Um, but if you get a yeah, chance, why don't we plug them? I'll fuck. I'll fucking plug the Dropkick Murphys all damn day. Go follow them on Instagram. Um, follow them if you, you know, whatever. Um, go follow the Clatter Fund. So right now, um, if you buy a T-shirt from Streaming Up to Boston, all the pro- profits made from those T-shirt sales or donations to the Clatter Fund go to. Um, healthcare workers that and daycare services for healthcare workers or paying for some you know bar people, um, restaurant workers that can't work right now um, that are trying that are you know looking for some type of fund to pay their bills. Um, you know Ken Casey and and the guys are are helping those people out um, with the Clatter Fund. Um, so I am a huge supporter of the Clatter Fund. I actually donated. About $25 to the Clatter Fund um, when I bought my um, Dropkick Murphy's Memorial T-shirt for Lieutenant Menard. And I wear the shit out of that shirt. Um, But, yeah. Oh, man. I can't wait till the reschedule show in September. But we're going to get back on topic. (laughs) Um, You know, after you're done at the hospital, decon your rig. Um, Wipe that down with a purple top. Uh, what's that? What's that? Cabicide. Um, yep. 
you know, wipe that shit down. Any touchable surface that you possibly may, the, the door handle, the seat, your ass is on it. That's important. Nobody forgets about the ass, where your ass goes. Um, you know, the monitor, anything that touches you, the patient, whatever, decon the fuck out of it. Um, Seriously. And even if you're wearing gloves and wiping stuff down with capicide, still, if you can, wash your hands. Sanit- wash your arms. Take yeah. a fucking shower if you can. Yep. I mean, if you're on shift, still, you know, bring up, bring like maybe two or wash three. Wash them hands. Wash the hands. Happy birthday. Um, which leads sing you. It sing it twice. Sing it twice. You know, no one's gonna call you a bitch for washing your hands so many damn times. Um, I've actually I washed my hands so damn much, sanitized my hands so much, that I actually had to take off my wedding ring because I was getting cracks underneath my wedding ring. Mm-hmm. Um, oh god, yeah, my hands, my hands are starting to kill oh. me. I, I was, I was so bored on shift the other day that I just walked around and started spraying doorknobs with Cavicide. I was just right. like, yeah, whatever, do 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 do. Light switches, doorknobs. I just went in the ambulance and just freaking misted everything. It was a handrails, yeah. whatever, ceiling, floor, bed, sky, air. I don't know. Yeah. Um. And again, think of what you touch the most. Exactly. Any touchable surface. The CDC guidelines suggest sanitizing, wiping down, rough, minimum three times a day. Right now, minimum three times a day. Um. And again, the last talking point on COVID nineteen: your health. Make sure you can't do your job when you're stuck in your bed coughing up a lung or in an ICU bed um you know you can't do your job from those those two places so let's make sure we take care of ourselves all right so I actually have a special guest um I gotta get him on the phone so he doesn't know that he's gonna be a guest but he's gonna be a guest we're tricking people we're tricking we're tricking people I'm tracheotomy man (laughs) Tricheotomy, man. (laughs) All right, here we go. All right, he's gonna pick up, hopefully. Fucking bastards. Hey, so I'm doing a podcast right now. So you're on it, and you're on it. You're gonna be a guest right now. Oh, I don't think so. Oh yeah. So real (laughs) quick, (laughs) real quick, pop. I don't think so. Hey, but uh, hang on. (laughs) We're not going to fucking tell your name. You're just going to be Pop. Um, so, you and I, when I first got on the department... Um, me, Bagels, and Travis. It's the guys who I host podcasts with. Um, so, we're not going to tell your name. But you're just going to be known as John's dad. Um, so, you, I, I, I want to talk about the Union Mall right now. And you're the only guy that I know that will actually talk to me about this fire. Um, what fire? The Union Mall. You mean the one where you couldn't stand up all night? You're damn right, because I was slipping and sliding on the ice. Um, so anyway, for people who don't know, my dad was a fire captain in in New Hampshire on my old department, and we fought many of a fire together. Um, you know you're breaking up really bad, right? Dude, you, you're on speakerphone. I don't care. I know you don't care. You are pissed off that I tricked you into coming on to the show. Um, so, you know, I know you are a huge part of planning, pre-planning for that fire. Yeah. Um, 
So how, when did you guys actually start pre-planning for that fire? When did we start pre-planning it? Yeah. Obviously, we didn't factor in it was going to be fucking cold as fucking God's crack the morning of that fire, but... And it didn't exactly go the way it was planned either, because half the people that we planned it with were not on the department anymore. What? You, you and you and Chief were the only ones that are were on the uh, on the department who were probably yeah. Pretty much, yeah. But I will never forget that fire. I mean, obviously, water supply was a huge freaking problem that morning. Because yes, but but again, if people would stop looking at the big picture and not forget they have portable pumps, it wouldn't have been a big problem. Well, no, but hang on. We actually thought about that about three quarters of the way through the fire, and we're like, oh shit, we got portable pumps. Yeah, imagine it. Yeah, and then we called the and then we called the super tanker. Which was awesome. Which we emptied in about three minutes. Ma- imagine that, boys. Emptying, emptying the super tanker in three minutes. Yeah, was throwing some serious water. Yeah, we were throwing some serious water at it. Just protect exposures. We actually lost an exposure. We lost a store. Um, yeah, but that's only because the wind was blowing that way. Yeah. See? Um, and it was only about ten feet away from it. So, yeah. Right, um, but um, so what was the original pre pre plan to fight that fire? John, <laughs> you're asking me questions. The original pre plan, you gotta understand. The original pre plan that I know about was 40 years ago. Right. You seriously want me to try to remember back 40 years ago? I mean, the original pre plan for that building. The two fire trucks across the street were supposed to come out and pretty much hold it until we got there to set up water supply for them. Which nobody... Because don't forget, they were their own fire district at the time. That's right, I do remember. That was Union. Yep. Uh, we weren't even allowed down there unless they called us. Right. And then when... when fuck it, I'm, I'm just going to drop it. When Wakefield absorbed Union... <laughs> um... I'm going to drop it. I don't care at this point. It's part of the story. Where exactly? Uh, yeah, and this better not be going out over the air. Oh, it's, it's, um, we're going to publish it. That's the reason why we're, like, trying not to, we're trying to be vague here. <laughs> you dick. Yeah, you better be vaguer than that, then. I don't, we, don't want no, we don't need no the packet names going out. Well, no, that's the reason why I was like, oh, well, we're just going to drop that because it's part of the story. But, yeah, uh, good idea. Um, no, that's our policy. Um, we're, we're trying to stay vague. We don't even tell people what departments we're on. Um, they just know that we're on Ma- the state of Maine fire departments. So, um, like I said, the, pre- the original pre-plan was that the trucks out, out of that station were supposed to set up because we knew it was going to be an exposure problem because the building is being so close. Right. The first truck out of our station was supposed to go... Matter of fact, the first two trucks out of our station was to go feed their trucks, and our third truck out of the station was supposed to set up water supply. Right. Well, the the first two things didn't happen because all I remember is it being quarter of three in the morning. I got up to go to the bathroom, and I hear the tone go off, and I hear your freaking tired voice. If you're going, get up, get up, and get dressed. 
I'm like, oh, oh, it, it's a real deal if he's getting up, if we're going to a fire and he's skipping work for a little bit. And, and all I remember is us emptying out the station in literally 30 seconds. <laughs> and we had three trucks on the road in three minutes. Yeah, from the from the time of the first tone. So that's, that's documented. That yes, it's very documented. Um, and I remember, I remember us hauling ass down to the station, grabbing engine one, and then hauling down, and all the entire, like you could see it, you could see the glow in the sky. So we knew we were screwed from there and um, I think we were like halfway there I think we were by the uh, the plant the uh, by the uh, the garden place um, when Todd actually struck the second if I remember correctly um, yeah and then I remember t the chief um you know, saying, hey, yeah, I'm make, coming up. Make absolutely sure no names go out over the air. Yeah, we'll try. Um, no, you better not. Um, but anyway, the chief told you, hey, lay back a little bit. We're going through the intersection. And you told him, um, I'm right here. Because <laughs> um, it, was, it was you, me, and the chief. There it is. That that's not very good apparatus tactics, but um, but when we got there, we were met by pretty much what you and I, Mike, were uh, met with uh, the last time we worked together. A wall of fire. Um, so obviously. Then thirty seconds later, John couldn't stand up. Exactly. We were putting water water on the fire. The wind was blowing. It was causing black ice. Or hidden ice, because black ice is in PC. Well, it was 15 below zero, so it didn't take much water to freeze. It didn't right. take much to freeze up the water. So, obviously, apparatus and manpower were a huge problem that morning. Um, there was three of us, two, two actual members and a junior, until, you know, the deputy chief got there with their engine from the east side of the town. So, all right, right, well, all right, I'm going to let you go. I can't wait to get a copy of this. Oh, dude, I'll, uh, I'll send you a copy. I'm I'll, sure you will. Yeah. So, all right, well, thanks, Pop. I just wanted to. All right, well, you, you guys all keep it safe out there. Yeah. So we were actually, we actually. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Yeah, so Tra Travis just thanked you for coming on. And, uh, You're very welcome. All right. Well, we, uh, we're going to do a, a pumping episode at sometime down the line, so I'm going to pick your brain on that one, too. The which one? Uh, we're going to do a thing on uh, apparatus placement and water. Oh, good. Yeah, so I want to pick Yeah, so yeah. you can come on. I and I guess I better brush up on all my stuff, huh? Yep. Yeah, since you've been out of it for like five you years or some bitch. I haven't done anything in ten years. There it is. Well, whose fault's that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we won't go there. John, let's not go there. I, I just said that. All right. All right.
So All I'll, right. I'll talk to you later. All right. All right, bye. Love you, bye. Oh, Jesus. Great. Now it's on there that my dad said, I love you. No. <laughs> so, so yeah. That's what they How had. dare your family love you? I know, God damn it. Jeez. He told us to stay safe, so in case you didn't hear that. Nah, I'm gonna go lick a doorknob. I know. No, sorry. Toilet seat. Right? Toilet seat. I'm gonna go lick a toilet seat. So, you got my dad's side from that. He was the fire captain, the first, one of the first officers at that fire. Um, and um, so, water supply was a huge problem, and manpower was a huge problem for the longest time. I think it was about 45 minutes that we, it was only the three of us fighting this fire. Um, oh, I'm, I can only imagine how much of a bitch it was. When he said wind was a factor, I was like, ugh. Oh, yeah. It's Wind was gusting, maybe... Maybe 20, 30 miles an hour. Um, oh, God. Maybe a little higher than that. Um, like my like my dad said, um, I was on my ass. Three quarters of it. Um, and I wasn't even wearing leather boots. I was wearing rubber. I was wearing rubbers on my feetsies. Um, but... It's all gonna get stuck. Yeah. Everything freezes in the winter no matter what. Yeah. Um... <sighs> So in case you guys haven't figured it out, we're all drinking. What? No, we're not. The schmucks drinking? Uh, that's not true. I know. Wait, what? Um. Hey, it's been a nice, it's been a good day. Have a beer at the end of the night. Exactly. You know? So. It's my day off. You gotta chill. Exactly. Um. So with that, with that fire, obviously. You know, water supply was a huge problem. I keep harping on this. Water supply. You got to know your, where your water supply is. Um, but I know the last fire Mike and I worked. Where was the closest water supply, Mike, on that one? Okay, let me think. Hold on. So from that part of town. Oh, God. Let's see. It was at least a couple of miles away. Right. All right. And it was a draft site. It was a draft site in a man-made pond. Yep. So, um, yeah. Um, you know, and we were... But, you know, that's that's just rural fire operations. Exactly. You're almost never going to have... Man, wouldn't it be so convenient if every fire that ever happened was happened next a to high... a, you know, 1,500-plus gallon-per-minute hydrant oh, with a, like, 4,000-inch right? main? That'd be amazing. We would never have had to call a second alarm on that fire if... We, it was next to a hydrant. We could have just, you know, struck the work and fire and kept our apparatus and kept everybody at home. Um, but, hey, man, at the end of the day, you can always tell everyone to go home, but really, it was water. Oh, man, that, and that was my biggest concern. When I think, when I think back to it, because as we were driving up and see a fucking smoke column and we're still two miles down the road, I'm like, all right, we're going to need a first for manpower. This is in the middle of nowhere, let's be real. Right. And then we get there, and you're talking on the radio, and you literally unkey the mic, and we both look over, and it's fully involved, and we're just like, my first thought is, well, I'm going to need fucking water. Right. The only thing I would have done different, instead of calling a second, I would have called call the a first alarm work. tanker assignment. Yeah. That's the distinction I would have made. Right. But um, it was one of those, like, hmm... We don't know yet if this is unoccupied. It's extending into the house. Let's at least get a bunch of people going and then we could always tell them hey we don't need you yet or hey right 
you shunt over to start water supply, you start doing your tanker shuttle, and you just station coverage for now. We'll figure it out. Right. Um, right, and if you don't anything, if you don't need them, you can right. always just tell them to go back. So it's better exactly, to have them on exactly. the way. And... So, and so initially, the second alarm got canceled, and then com- the the person who ended up taking and over command. Every- Buddy, he actually read the smoke again and he's like nope keep my second alarm coming and which was good because I, you know i was i was busy you know on the on another division of the of the building you know working with a crew um but my my biggest thing because i was one of the first pair of boots actually at the fire um i scoped it out i looked around and i saw some things that was not copacetic and I hollered at the command person who was who had command. I said, "Hey, this is what I got. We're gonna need to do some type of quickie search." Um, and so I mean that that ended up did happening from what I understand, but it the search ended up being negative, which was perfect. Um, but it's like think of the whole Detroit fire thing. They have a crap ton of abandoned buildings, but you is, never know if someone's actually squatting in it. Oh, for all you know, which brings to which brings to the point of Captain Eckert's thing is um, there's no such thing as an abandoned building. There's no such thing as yeah, an exactly. un- vacant building. You you homeless have to, people homeless like, people exactly. That's the biggest thing is the homeless population is up. So you have to make sure that every what appears to be a vacant building you got to go in there and do not do because you have to make sure the fi- the your fire isn't big enough that nobody's going to survive it. But you have to make sure that, you know, there. if there's a possibility to do a search, do that search. Um, that's the one thing I've learned from, 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 every, you know. Every building's occupied until you prove otherwise. that it isn't. Exactly. Thank you. Every alarm activation's real until you prove that it isn't. Like, I mean, the because way- the one day that you're like, Ah, whatever. It's just another bullshit. Smells and bells, and then you know, you get halfway there and you see a smoke column, and then it turns out there was four people inside, and you didn't even bother to check. So, personally, if I pulled that shit, that's the day I would quit. Honestly, so that actually happened. Um, my dad. Oh, I don't know. It oh, happened. So um, sucks. So we have, um, in my old town, we actually have a senior living center, um, and you know fire alarm activation whatever my dad's like oh we're not going to that whatever whatever and and um one the the full-timers at that point in time we had um full-timers just working the daytime so i think their schedule at that time was like eight to two um you know they got a full eight hours in and then it moved to 12 um but they got there nothing shown from the outside active active alarm they get inside ah, we got a light smoke condition in the building okay now you piqued my interest and then they got to a room where there's heavy smoke in the building and they started the first alarm um but come to find out um somebody's smoking on oxygen guess where that went um hey that happened last year in uh, the uh, city near us uh, in the city i live in absolutely and we stood yep. ar- we sit around like lawn shepherds but we're not going to go there. 
Um, oh, that was there, there was a reason we ended up standing around. It was like, hey, here's a multi multi occupancy building. Right. I might need manpower just to go and force doors and do searches. So right. like, the reasoning was there. Right. And I Personally, I, I don't and I don't I, mind showing up and standing around. Exactly. I I this is gonna sound terrible, but I don't care. I get a lot of joy um, when our department gets called to the city I live in. Um, because it's my sense of, hey, I'm protect helping protect my community. Uh, oops, excuse me. That's why I keep telling you to try for the call force in that city. Listen here, motherfucker. There is an application for that call force sitting right here next to me. <laughs> well, fill it out, and then I'm you can going actually to, but go city to halls like anything fucking that calls. happens in the city, and not just wait for the call to come in, because it's usually station coverage. Yeah, I know. Um... Um, um, so yeah, now that we've talked about that possible structure fire that may be a little bit bigger than what your, de your department, um, can handle, um, and it's that fire that you, man, man, when that goes up, that's gonna be a fucking awesome fire. Well, that was that awesome fire, that, that, um, that mill building, which, um, the next talking point, it kinda is EMS, but kinda isn't, but... Given the, given in today's society, this is what we have to deal with. Um, an active shooter situation. Um, I know the three of us have been on um, a quote-unquote active shooter uh, situation, which is, you know, the scene. It wasn't like a mass shooting, but no, it was, but it was like, an active hey, shooter. going pew-pew. Right. It was an active shooter by the, the you know, the, the definition of it. Um What's the type of environment that you're responding to? Is it a school, a church, um, public assembly, a Grange Hall? Um, <laughs> you know, um, you know, where's your staging area? These, you know, and this episode is supposed to spark conversation. Um, you know, when you get to the firehouse and 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 you're a new guy like Travis. And you're sitting around, and the senior guys, they're like, Hey, what are we going to do if that if that building over there on Route 1 ever goes up? What's our plan? What's the game plan? Or what's the outline water. of the game plan? All of the water. You know, and, and the other thing with... No, actually, it's more like all of the calves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> actually, they're, start, they're starting to back away from that a little bit. I, I love how we, we started talking about active shooter, and then we get veered back onto fire, and then... Um, Somehow, but it, but it, it's it's all about you know know your environment. Where's your staging area? Where are you going to stage in the in the cold zone? Um, you know, obviously you're going to stage in a cold zone until PD deems it necessary for you to come in, um, and then you're going to be warm going moving into a warm zone, um, which you know the three of us took took a class for that, um, which uh, by Oh, hands I down, mean, awesome fucking class. I'm not, I'm not even remotely an expert, but like, I like trauma, so I always end up doing like, taking all the gunshot wound classes and crap. But like, the biggest problem, what I've noticed from taking all these classes, is one of the biggest problems EMS has integrating in any capacity with PD because. If you don't coordinate and train together, 
you're just not really going to be able to pull off an effective scene management because the cops are always there like, look, we got our thing to do. We got to make it safe for everyone. But there's so much more going on than just that. That And the most important thing is everyone has to train together because it was like the um, one of the recent classes I took was actually through New Hampshire. I'm technically New Hampshire warm zone ops for active shooters because I was bored and took the class one day, but there's more to it than just taking the class. But anyways, one of the key points they were talking about is the um, the Navy Yard shooting from a few years back. One of the biggest problems was like they had multiple law enforcement agencies, both like state, local, county, federal, just all showed up and everyone started doing their own thing. And then fire and EMS was like, hi, guys, what's going on? And just sitting around like, hey, can we like coordinate? Maybe anything, please. That was just kind of the clusterfuck that I mean, it was just from my standpoint, I'm gonna get a little heated because to this day, the way things unfolded when we were there at our own incident still irk me and irritate the absolute shit out of me. But that for all intents and purposes, the three of us were in the warm zone. And that's no fault oh, of no, we were the... all of us. And we're back. Two potas, you bitches are getting spoiled like a motherfucker. So, <clears throat> where we to pick up where we left off because we had technical difficulties, is we were talking about the the DC um, shipyard active shooter, and so it took a lot of coordination for the three of us to get where we were actually talking about. Um, so, to kick it off, we were talking about how um, the the shooter in that situation. Um, the reason why multiple agencies were running around with their chicken, like a chicken with their head cut off, is because there were multiple buildings, and they just didn't know what fucking building that guy was actually in, including the fire department, which there are fucking, if you've ever been to a shipyard, um, there's a gate. Huge. It's huge, wicked huge, very bigly, and, um... There's security, so obviously any non-essential personnel that needs to be on the the, the yard is not allowed there, uh, including first responders. They actually have to. I I would have to check. We we know somebody who works on a shipyard fires department. Have to get have to check that out. But I think they have to have, like anybody coming on the base has to have like special clearance, which, which the DC fire department has that special clearance. They can pretty much go any where they want because they're their DC fire department. <laughs> um, but yeah, to, to go off of Mike's point, we, we as f- fire and EMS have to have that great working relationship with our law enforcement because we're going to be working in that, in this situation, we are going to be working side by side. Fellers kick it. Yeah. Sorry. I'm it's just like trying to recollect my thoughts and yep. the, train of thought i was having back then mm-hmm. um yeah i think the original point we were talking about is how you know even we were on a call where it was like hey you're actually technically in the warm zone for a while so yeah it's coordination while we were in important. the warm zone for the entire damn thing we could see the roof of the house yeah, that they were going in into theory oh yeah we were we were watching them stage and everything and we gotta wait for the big fan the armored truck to show up. We'll be there in a minute. We can only drive forty-five miles an hour. But, yeah, seven hours later. Yeah, that's almost not even an exaggeration. But um, yeah, you gotta like, especially on 
even simple things like I worked for a department where th- this doesn't have to do with shooting, but it has to do with coordinating. We never had classes with our local cops, but like we utilized them all the time. Every once in a while, you know, it'd be like late night, 10, 11, 30 at night. We'd get some medical call. It'd be like the cops were bored. They'd come over and just like help us out, which honestly was freaking great. But like one of the first times you experience it, it's like off putting at first because you're just not used to it. Like you get out of the ambulance and there's two cops and they're like, hey, what's up? Hey, hi. And you're like, hey, uh, what's going on? And you're like, oh, nothing. You need some help? You want me to carry a bag? And I'm like, uh, <laughs> I was like, it's only one bag. I got it, dude. He's like, oh, okay. And then actually I have a story about that night too. <laughs> it was like a generic chest pain call and the medic and I are, yeah, I wasn't even, I wasn't even on shift for that. I remember now I sidebar, I digress. But anyways, <laughs> it was a call I jumped on cause it sounded like they would have needed the help. And that's oh, why you came out, you playing and... hero. <laughs> when the hero and comes so... along. We're like, <laughs> we're like, all right, we're going to get the stretcher. And one of the cops is like, yeah, I'll go get it for you guys. And we're like, yeah, cool. Thanks. And then like a couple minutes later, he shows up with the stretcher, like, ta-da, I did it. And we're like, cool. <laughs> and then we get outside and the ambulance has the like striker auto lift. It was broken. <laughs> <laughs> and stuck in the out position. Because oh no! He didn't know how to unlock it from the lift. So like, just, oh. oh bless your heart, you tried. <laughs> trying to help and be very useful, but that again fell on us. It was our fault for not training them how to use the equipment, and they just they got it off. They got it off. Oh, they did that, didn't they? So we're like, we're sitting there, and we're just like, shit. Uh, uh, how do we put I'm gonna it have back? To go get the other ambulance. So I walked over to the one cop. And he was he was actually the sergeant at the time, and I'm just like, "Hey, so um, you guys kind of booked the stretcher lift. <laughs> like, where no one's mad, but I have to go get the other ambulance." And he's like, "Okay, get in." So we hop in his car, and I was just like, "We're just kind of driving," and I was just like. He, he asked me, I forget exactly what he said, and he was like, so do you need it or need it, need it? And I'm like, I need it. And he's uh, like, okay, and then he just flips the lights on, and we just go flying back to the station. And then he just, like, drops me off in the parking lot, and I'm like, thanks for the ride. And he's like, yep, and then just takes off. <laughs> so then I go back and that whole thing. But, yeah, like, one thing that that town did really good was whenever they had a uh, cardiac arrest or anything – the world showed up and i mean like literally you would get the ambulance uh an engine company would show up usually with like four or five people you would get anyone who happened to be listening to the pager which would always amount to like four or five guys you would get every cop on duty which during the day you would have like four cops show up usually two of them beat you there and we would seriously run like 12 person codes it was amazing the cops were really really fucking good about it in that town that you know we have the same dispatch center dispatch would tell them or they would listen and they would be like oh someone's getting some cprs done to them i can go 140 in my explorer let's get there and they would fucking shoot over 
We don't. So we they don't use the word usually shoot right Usually, a lot now. of the times, cops were like first hands on to the patient in most codes because they carried a jump kit and AEDs in all their car because heart safe community. Every town vehicle had an AED in it, and they actually trained about it. And yeah, so that's one thing they were always really good at. So yeah, working everyone working together is important. Yeah. Yes. But the flip side of that too is. You gotta make sure you're training with each other because there's also a story about back in the day where an ambulance, an ambulance, the ambulance was out on a call and like they had no choice but were like, we need someone to drive and had one of the cops drive and he drove all the way to the hospital with the parking brake on the ambulance. God. Oh. Man, I bet you so, that brake was broke. I bet you the brakes were broken. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's a training difference. You know, fire EMF, you get on scene, you put your parking brake on, you park a certain way, you turn your headlights off, all that crap. A cop shows up and goes, skirt, park, gets out. So they don't know any different. I mean, yeah. So so to get back on to topic, kind of, sort of, full circle here, um, brings us to our next talking point of what does your mutual aid look like? Obviously, in that in an active shooter situation, it's an MCI. But do you have your MCI run cards up to date? Is that going to be a one, two, three second alarm MCI? I know the incident that the three of us were on. We let's see. I'm gonna I'm gonna go off of memory here. So we had the emergency. Are you thinking about Reese's? Yeah. So we had the emergency management agency there for our our county. We had Life Flight, the ground unit. So we had a flight nurse and a flight paramedic on a ground van that was there. And because literally the, 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 the bird was maybe 25 minutes away, so, give or take. I, yeah, I remember I remember more into the details. So, I mean, you were kind of we're first out there. On a, we're out on a car accident, and we get called to a shooting, and we're just like, oh, shit. So we kind of like zoom back to the station because it was along the way and we're like, mm, we're going to have to stage. And Travis and I were on shift and we're just like, let's put our vests on because we at least have our own body armor. Yeah, but I remember very clearly as soon as we we took off, we got, what, maybe quarter mile down the road. I'm like, yeah, I want my vest. And I was like, yeah, you have to drive by the station. I'm getting mine. But yeah, so we, we showed up, blocked the roads, and after the 47 – cops showed up the chief was just like he had walked up to the i don't know if it was like the crisis negotiator or whatever and was just like hey i know you guys are working out of like a small truck but you know i could call up county ema and they could bring their like big ass command van and the guy was just like shit yeah actually that'd be a good idea so then the van shows up and they never use it yeah but here's the thing but whatever that van was parked like Across the street. street, they needed it like right there. Yeah, in my there was no in my way to mind. get it in. Um, yeah, it's that it's car... fucking huge. Yeah, um, it's like a what thirty foot like think the uh, bus campers. Yeah, I it's mean like one of those. Anybody that 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 works in a big department, so the FDNY, they have their they have several mobile command units, um, dispatch centers, the Baltimore City. Um, has one. So if they work in very large incidences, there is their dispatch center right there. So there is no fucking way communications is getting shut down because of all the traffic. Um, 
but like I said at the beginning of this episode, this is all these three taught these three topics, and maybe this fourth one is just when you're sitting around the firehouse, just shooting the shit, and you're a new guy, and you're like, man, what fuck, what what happens if the what if question? What do we in? do? What do we do? It is exactly that. The what what do we do, and are we prepared for it? Um. I apologize for about like two minutes back. If you're listening to this in your car, turn it down, um, because I cracked a can, and it spiked. Um, I'm I'm looking at the fucking recording thing, and it spiked. It went up. <laughs> Good a job. I didn't even hear it. <laughs> Oopsie. <laughs> but yeah, so Oops. we we cover some. Oh, what was that? Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. But and I was and I was thinking to myself on the way back because we, we were recently just out on a call and it was one of my first calls that I've been on since these new COVID-19 precautions have been out um, you know it's like fuck fucking A a month ago who would have thought we would be gloving up obviously we glove up putting on a, an N95 mask safety glasses tuberculosis friggin shut the fuck up uh, <laughs> uh, but you know it's 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 kind of nerve wracking. Like holy fuck, these. I mean, every you treat every patient like they got COVID nineteen. It's the amount of stuff you have to you, you put have to on put on prepare. now. It's and then that's second. That is seconds delaying your your time to get to the patient. Like, hold on, I gotta mind. get dressed. I gotta put my gown on, my mask, um, and my gloves. Uh, uh, well, all your loved ones, you know, going into cardiac arrest. I got I gotta put all my shit hold on. on. Um, that's uh, that's that was I, one of my biggest questions. Like if if it's like so, and and, he, and here's the thing, Travis. You work in the county that is mostly populated by the the uh, so, so the, the densest. The you densest got the amount yeah. of yeah. You got the most patients. cases of COVID nineteen in the state of Maine. So anybody who listens <clears throat> to this and goes and looks at it, they can figure out which county you work in. Um, yeah, um, which is whatever. I mean, that you know, Cumberland County is huge. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> good luck in trying yeah, to figure out which department you work on. We told you we're in Maine. Um, <laughs> and 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 with us bagels is we are in the second highest, second most. You know, it's all about the cities. Yeah, that I was mean, such a surprise when I saw that. I was like, holy shit. Well, think think of what cities are in Cumberland. Right. Your county, so you're going to be able to figure it out with a Google search, <laughs> right? Yeah. And, and and because you get Portland and everything, you get Portland, South Portland in Cumberland County, and then in York County, you get like Biddeford, Old Orchard, um, Sanford. I almost said Saco, but I think yeah, I mean Saco's so- so- pretty tight yeah. too. I mean technically, yeah. Saco's considered a city, I, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, again, we're not droning on COVID nineteen. It is just an easy topic to talk about because it. This is, this is our, this is our job now. Um, well, I mean, I'm gonna actually go out on a leg, and you know, I was one of the assholes at first that was like, you know, talking shit about it and making fun of it. But now I'm I've been I'm eating my words as I you, watch you, progress, of not just here in the state or here in the country, across oh the entire fucking world. Just how out of hand this is getting. Like right, it's, it's getting sketchy. Absolutely, and I am I am eating crow like it's like it's my favorite meal now. You know, I'm I'm still a firm believer of oh, this is just a the flu on steroids. No, it's, it's fucking not. 
<laughs> the biggest the biggest problem with the Heineken virus isn't necessarily <laughs> how You're much get people it thinking kills. that's another new thing. The problem is how easily it spreads. Because oh. a virus that's like all right, it's all about statistics if you if you think about it. Like you have swine flu which affected a crap ton of people, but it might not necessarily be deadly. So it's like you have the cold or the flu. The cold may be able to be caught more it's less deadly or is the flu more deadly but it doesn't get caught as well i think it was it was either sars or mers was like super deadly but it was really hard to contract was one of the problems so the heineken virus is like it's not just a joke but it spreads really easily right yeah and it's not like so words so to lighten not, the mood if you it's guys not a go... joke, but it's not super serious. But the biggest problem is how easily it spreads. So oh, if, yeah. you know, 10% of a million is a lot more than 10% of 100,000. Right. And and you think about it, it stays dormant because you don't show signs and symptoms for four, 2 to 14 days. And the amount of time that the, this virus can live on certain surfaces, um, like plastic, is three days. It survives on plastic for three days. So you could be touching shit in like in like subway tunnels, um, in New York City. I mean, they're already fucking disgusting. Like you lay your hand on there and you go to cough or sneeze and fucking your eye itches. You're get that's how it's spreading in this in cities. Mm -hmm. And you're welcome. I heard a chuckle in the. Uh, <laughs> somebody must have gotten to look what I said in our chat. I just it's just yeah. Don't wear gloves. Gloves are like yeah. A short-term good idea, but all you're doing is getting it on the gloves and then spreading it around. Exactly. Um, and it, that's the reason why, like, um, UPS drivers, uh, couriers, I know our mail courier at the hospital, um, you know, he wears, you know, medical gloves. And then when he comes in, he hits the hand sanitizer and sanitizes his gloves. I mean, that's fucking smart. Um, I never even really thought of that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, but I don't know if... if um, you've gone to Hannaford, but they put up, like, these little, like, sneeze, um, shields. Mm -hmm. Dude, um, the tape on the, the tape on the floor because I had feet. to do groceries. Um, so at the start of the line, there is no tape, and there was a little bit of a line. I went to Han Hannaford today, and I looked down at the floor, I'm like, there's no tape here. I have to guesstimate. So I'm like, all right. Stand away. Am I Kareem Abdul-Jabbar away from this person in front of me? Yep, I certainly am. Because <laughs> <Right? laughs> I'm going to go back to the movie Jarhead um, when the drill sergeant, the sniper drill sergeant's like, use something practical. Don't use your dicks because I don't want to hear 3,100 inches. <laughs> so I use something practical. Like, okay, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, he's sick. He's like 7'2". If I'm 7 feet away from this person and this fucking person sneezes, I ain't getting no fucking Cremona. Sneeze in your arms. Yes. Fucking lift your shirt up. Sneeze into your shirt, your elbow, anything. So everybody, I went to... everybody at work yells at me. I do that. I like lift my my undershirt because I wear a black t-shirt, and I put my nose in, and I fucking sneeze under my chest, and everybody's like, "Oh, let's your belly's showing." I'm like, "Do you want me to fucking sneeze so? everywhere?" I could see what they mean by like if you're ultimately picking your shirt up and it comes kind of loose on the bottom but I like mean, i'm not fucking you... truffling in my office right <laughs> well like i went to uh 
the town that I work in. I went to Hannaford there to pick up some food for the shift this Friday. Did you take the bus? And it was ridiculous. They had, well, I mean, it makes sense, but they had all the cash, you know, checkout lines roped off by red ribbon. And there was literally only one, one exit or entry and exit point. And somebody, and there was a cashier there to greet you and have you wait until you were about six feet away from the next person. Today, Excellent. we went to Hannaford in the, in the city I live, and it was, they had the same thing, John, as you saw. They have the sneeze guards up. Yeah, the sneeze shield. So, yeah, and a, did, you, did you see the little fucking black tray that they have? Yeah, we so we bought we bought liquor today, and <laughs> that's essential. The lady took that is essential. our licenses, <laughs> and she set she set them in her little dish, and she had her hands up like they were covered in acid or something, like they were gonna bite her. And she would sit there, and she like it. It was just something that grabbed me. I was like, I understand you're wanting to be precautious, but this is a bit much. You're jumping around it like it's a fucking brown recluse in your little dish there. Right. All, it's like, not an IED sitting in your table. Like I went to, um, <laughs> I went to, I went to Market Basket and um, the lines they just duct taped and then put signs above food so it looked like it was literally a price sign and then it's like, hey, stand back, okay, six feet. You can only be, you know, one group of people at the register at a time. And I'm like, okay, like I understand that, but like. I just basically rubbed asses with 1,500 people in the aisles. So, you know, when I walked into the joint, there's like 20 people hovering around the door. So your little, like, register tape isn't necessarily working. But then I went over to the pet store, and they had through the entire line, every six feet marked off. And I'm like, actually a smart way of doing it. And then the liquor store, too six feet increments and i'm like okay that's actually like smart not well <clears throat> just kind of don't approach the register but you know do whatever else past that well and that's the thing like um so i mean the guy that you know rung cash me out at the uh cash me outside how about that <laughs> <laughs> sorry Watch i caught myself trip. saying it so, um like there's this like little stand here box so i'm like i'm fucking yes and then I like I bought I bought booze, so <clears throat> I put my license down on on on. I know that's we all a bought booze today. Hmm, there's a theme here. Um, well, everything else is fucking <laughs> shut down. You can't fucking go anywhere. You might as well stay home with your fucking loved ones and drink. Right. Um, unless you're under 21, kids, don't don't fucking do that. Um, but yeah, don't you, drink you, booze underage. You fucking donuts. <laughs> He like he like looked at it. I'm like, in case you can't read upside down, it's you know. I gave him my birthday, and he's like, oh, you're good. He he was like he like waved his hand over like in Wingardium Leviosa. He's like, you're all set with that. I'm like, Wingardium Leviosa. 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 A chew. Expectro Coronas. I have that. That's a me- that's a meme in my uh my my photo roll. Um, my my favorite. Yeah, we we could digress briefly and talk about memes. Right now, my favorite Heineken virus meme is Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh. <laughs> yes, it's just, yes, it's I just love that. It's my favorite meme right now. It's like the 
everyone who you know didn't take it seriously at first and then you get sick mama yeah uh, not mine. Mine is the uh, the guy who uh, sings a, sings the jingles, and he's like, "Stay the fuck home." <laughs> he's like fucking night. I thought it was like David Letterman at first. I'm like, this guy looks like Letterman. Um, but um, but yeah. So to go on to the last topic, unless you guys want, it, we could talk about me- we could talk about fucking memes all you know for the next 20 minutes. It's filler. Well, I mean, we can we can go on to the last topic and then uh, just kind of ad lib from there. Right. Which um, uh, which topic were we going to so do last real quick? It's at the, it's actually at the beginning. I kind of just put it out of order. Uh, it was we we called an Omaha um when we recorded the first part. Um Right. Just did things. Yep. So I mean, we stuck to everything on on it. We just did it out of order, which is completely fine. But we all know in the fire service how much we harp on making sure we go home. Um, but what, what as a fire service, because we are a service to the public, obviously we have fire prevention week, but that's geared towards kids. Um, you know, as you guys know in the show notes, um, yep. we have some um, articles that I've cut and pasted links to um, that talk about <clears throat> civilian deaths. Um, you know, I started listening to to old school with Chief Lasky and Chief Salka, and this was actually one of the things that Chief Salka like harped on. Like he pounded it. By the end of the thing, you really got to thinking, like, holy fuck! You're like, what, oh god, what the fuck? Yeah, we're we're our priorities are fucked here in the fire service. Um, it just made you feel that way. Um, it's what? How can we as the fire service help drive down the number of civilian deaths every year? 300 plus civilian deaths a year due to fire around the country how can we drive that number down i mean we yeah we have great yeah oh, oh the, the the clocks are turning back don't forget to change your smoke detector batteries no oh, ho ho you know those those are great but Good. you know actively you know get you know anytime there's a you know a public event you should be going out there and doing some type of fire prevention kind of keeping in their crosshairs of you know start showing more of that if you if your department has a public facebook page not just a member page but an actual public facebook page show the pictures of what it's what if you what looks like when you actually close the door to your bedroom um i know the the most recent structure fire that we were on um me and a couple of the mutual aid guys um so the fire the fire that i put out practically by myself (laughs) I mean that sounds about right. Um, no, legitly. Like it was uh oh, no, I was no, no. I was on the first new engine. We got we pulled it literally we pulled down the driveway, I stretched the line, um, and it was me, the chauffeur, and command. Um, that was it for maybe a good five minutes before our, our first arriving mutual aid company showed up. And luckily enough, a member of a mutual aid department who was on our department showed up. And kind of helped us out a little bit, um, and thank Jesus for him. Um, but you know, he showed up. He helped help me, you know, flake out the line. And I am just screaming for water because I'm like, we can, we can knock. I can knock this down by myself. Going with a can. I, I thought about it, but then you know, I didn't do it because because of things. I'll tell you guys off whatever i'll just yeah, this is a, this is a separate conversation but yep. yeah um 
But yeah, I thought about it and I'm like, nah, that no, no, this tire's starting to get a little too big for a can. You know, I'll wait for the hose. If I even went in with the can, somebody would be like, oh, what the fuck are you doing? Da, 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 da. Doing my job, shut up. Um, but, you know, I was starting, you could see the fire. It was like in a weird little, it was a mobile home. And the near fact that you could safely, I could safely say this with confidence. That friggin' mobile home, the only thing you could really do to it, put a new living room in it, and that's it. And we all know how, anybody fixed. who's in the fire service knows when you get a fire in a mobile home, it's it's, it's a surround and drown. Nope. It's usually gone by the time they call and say, hey, my trailer's on fire. Or by the time you get there. Wrong. Especially in any kind of rural community where your response time to get like a legitimate sized crew is like 15 minutes when it's doubling in size every minute. Literally, it's completely literally we got there. It was, you know, still a little bit of a small, small-ish, um, for a mobile home, small. And I'm like, we can, we can get. And I'm yelling, and I don't even have my mask on. I'm like, we can get this thing. I just need water. And I'm putting on my mask, and I see, you know, someone who I started my fire service career out in the New Hampshire department. And I'm like, hey, come on, let's go and make a push. Um, and we did. I, I. By the time he got there, we had water, and I, I'm like half, I like stretched out my leg, and I'm like leaning in. Plus, you know, there's there was no way that we could do a two in two out. There was no safe way to do this, but I did. I did what I could do, and command knew that I was doing this. So, you know, I kind of so everybody could see me, could keep accountability. I'm halfway in the doorway, and I'm just just hitting it. I'm just fucking circling and. Breaking up some fucking thermal barrier. Excuse me. And and the near fact, and then I see my buddy come in. And I'm like, hey, let's go. We're we're gonna fucking go in and do this thing. We get in there and we're just hauling ass. And literally, we walk in, make a little right, uh, left, uh, right turn, and it's just in the living room, the living room area of the of the the mobile home. <laughs> And um, and then we just hit, we just hit it. Um, it was it was really cool. It, it was really nice to be first do and aggressively attack a fire like that. It was it was awesome. But if that was at night, if that was at twelve o'clock at night, that would have been a different freaking story. Um, I feel like we would have been pulling, we would have been doing rescues. But the point of my this this story is we went in there. In both bedrooms, there were two bedrooms, either end of the, the, the mobile home. And if they would if they would have just shut the doors, good to go. You know, mm -hmm. closing doors saves your life, folks. Yeah, you could just do something as simple as a Google search. Yeah. Um, you know, type up interior fire attack or something like something along the lines of shut doors. Change um, your shut doors sectors. And... Shut your doors. Yeah, you know, yeah, NIST just... and UL. So the NIST and UL does their entire division of just doing research and development based off of you know fire suppression and tactics and all that crap. And one of their biggest things is it, it's crazy the the laboratory they have. They'll build an entire scale mockup of a house and just burn it, it and everything, and just light it on fire. Like that would be a tit job because all you do is light things on fire and put it out. 
yeah. for the sake of research and making the job even fucking safer. That would actually be an amazing job. But yeah, they do studies as something as simple as close your door, open your door, half closed, left, right, upside down, anything like almost knocked my laptop over. I just <clears throat> had Jesus Christ. Anyways, but yeah, but a, a door makes a hell of a difference. That door gives you a, a forget what how how many, but it gives you extra time. Um, it, it, it makes the world a difference, folks. Just close your door. Um, that gives us time, and then when we do, when we have to, when we get the report that there's somebody still in the building, guess what? When we're V-E-S, or excuse me, while let me correct that, V-E-I-S, um, you know, V-E-S has been around forever, and we were always taught to go in, isolate already. You don't need to add the extra, uh, the, the isolate, because you're already fucking doing it. It was just somebody to be like, ooh, let's reinvent the wheel. We got to add that eye in there. You know, but it is good. But you, if you know that there's somebody in there and you're going to go do a V-E-S. V-S. No, we're not. No, it is V-E-S. It, it's, it's been taught to isolate anyway from the fucking dawn of the fucking practice of V-E-S. I mean, it's Vice. It's Vice. Vice. It's Vice. That's Vice. But... You know, and I'm just getting into, you know, the, the book, more into into the book of, um, by Captain Bobby Eckert of, you know, anybody who goes and looks up Bobby Eckert, you're going to learn a shit ton of shit from him. Speaking of, um, I'm taking a training with him sometime soon, actually next month. Oh, yeah? yeah. That is awesome. What are you it's doing? Where are you doing that? Oh, I'm at my house. It was supposed oh, to. It was. Okay. It was like webinar crap. Yeah. Well, well, it was supposed to be up in uh, in Farmington. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. but with the cold COVID thing, you can't fucking have any group of <laughs> fucking ten people. The Heineken of Sam Adams virus. Yeah. Speaking of Sam Adams, go out and buy yourself a uh, lovely batch of uh, Fenway Faithful IPA. Tastes really freaking good. Shameless plug for Sam Adams, and we're not disclaimer: we are not sponsored by Sam Adams Incorporated or any other beer manufacturer. <laughs> we're, not, we're not sponsored by Boston Beer Company. We just like beer. Um, but yeah, um, so he's he's doing two, um, and I'm gonna pull it up. So, but it's a first come first serve, and I'm pretty sure it's already fucking full. Um, oh, God damn it! Oh, I hear cues. And there that's the downside. Are... Where I live, I live like two minutes from the fire station. So I hear every coo, every air horn, every siren that comes out. I hear every little woo-woo and honk-honk. Yes, I do. Don't judge me. I only hear it part of the time. I just listen on my radio when I'm bored. I'm out in the willy wags. I hear nothing. Beep, beep. Yeah. So I'm I'm looking it up. So the first one is the first lecture is fire ground considerations. So, and the second one is a idiot's guide to building construction. Oh man! So when I so when I was doing my fire one and two, the one instructor they usually have him do building construction because that's kind of a little bit of his nerd topic, and Holy shit. The PowerPoint he had of building construction alone was just like more than we ever would have needed in that class. <laughs> Especially because he has a whole thing on um, 
so there's there's more to building construction than just like building be constructed. So oh. he had a whole thing on. So there's um, more to it than roofs and walls and yeah. floors. Yeah. Like how so fire moves and thing. shit. Pretty much. Oh. Just like getting really in depth into the like engineered wood products and the lightweight construction, and then he had a whole thing about. Uh, and it, it's worth looking into this. Old growth versus new growth. So you got, and I could briefly, briefly summarize it. So you have a, you know, you have a wood frame building and you got like a good solid, like you get a good solid support having such a moment. Something about my stuttering this month has been killing me. For those of you who don't know, I have a speech impediment and it's not always constant, but yeah. Anyways. Did your brother hit you in the face with a shovel? (laughs) No, but between my sister and I, we broke some bones and had to get quite a lot of stitches sorry so anyways you have a a solid wood beam and it's your weight bearing structure okay you have let's say like a tree that has been growing for 100 years the beam is exactly the same size but you have a tree that's been growing for a couple hundred years you have a tree that's been growing for 10 years the beam is the same exact size but the density of wood is different because you go and start counting the rings and since there's less rings, the wood is less dense. So how strong is this new growth wood compared to all the old stuff? So he had this long ass presentation just on that alone and it was actually incredibly interesting to me at least. So there's that whole thing too, old growth wood versus new growth. You got your like tree farms that grow super quick as opposed to back in the day when they would just go get a damn tree out of the woods and it had been there for 300 years you know well and i think yeah, that... i think we actually talked about all this stuff in a previous episode but i really I'd love probably, to yeah. do uh, a building construction episode but but you're right homes are getting built cheaper instead of the old-fashioned way well and what i see a lot of in the mill city where i live is there is balloon frame construction everywhere oh man well yeah because i mean think about it where you live it's a it's an old mill town um between you and your neighboring town they're old mill towns yeah it's it was cheap and quick i mean it was not i mean cheap in the sense of the word back in the day it was expensive back in the day but cheap to us nowadays but yeah oh yeah it was it was quick every helm could be the same um, but the bitch of a fucking balloon frame construction house is you're going to be chasing that fucking, if you get called to a fire in a balloon frame construction house, good luck. Hope you got fucking like five extra hours to spare in your day because you're going to be fucking chasing that fire from one end of the house to the other. It's, and and if that's so, oh, yeet, yeet, that fire goes zoom, zoom. And <laughs> I remember when I, um, I can't remember when I, what, what age I turned, but it was, le- it was my 18th birthday. It was, it was my 19th birthday. Excuse me. Um, it was when I was on the department in New Hampshire, and we went mutual aid. We started out as station coverage. We got halfway there, and they're like, oh, you've been diverted to the scene. We're like, yeah, motherfucker, skeet, skeet. And I'm like, this is the fucking best way to spend your birthday. I'm going to fucking go and fight some fire. Job and town. Pretty much. And um, I get there. Job we... town. Job town. Uh, <laughs> and uh, we get there. We go to command them, and... You know, the chief of that department was a fam- an old family friend, and he looks at me. He's like, "Happy birthday, kid!" He's like, "You want to go play?" And I'm like, "Hell yeah, dude!" 
And, and he he actually sent me up, and he's like, "There's some there's some still some active fire up on the second floor. Happy birthday, go at it, kid!" And I'm like, "Love you." <laughs> <laughs> be so awesome and um we went in and and this is when my this is how far back it goes my leather helmet was still kind of sort of new um actually it was still brand new it didn't have it had didn't even go into its real, first real fire yet um oh, oh, oh. and Put that salt on it yeah i did and it wasn't even like we were they were in the in overhaul and but there were still some pretty decent hot spots that they were chasing and it was an old balloon frame construction night, you know, late 1800s home that was been trans, like, uh, trans, like, built into an apartment building. And we went up there and we started pulling ceilings. And oh man, there was some heat still in those walls. Holy fuck! Um, and it was awesome. So, but yeah, balloon frame construction homes suck balls if you're a firefighter. There's it's scary yeah because it could literally it could be down in the basement one second and then go right up to the attic and then go right up to the attic whichever you have yeah and those are the other freaking fires you have to make sure you're you're well aware of is cockloft fires because cocklofts don't have any way to vent so that fire is building 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 and you can have a cockloft explosion and that fire's not going to go out like you think it would it's going to go straight down or straight up so if you have a guy Mm -hmm. on the roof Good luck. Um, you know, you got to watch your footing. Um, but, yeah. Watch that footing. Yeah, watch your footing. Watch your footing on the roof. Um, yeah, on that roof right there. On the roof. Um, so, yeah. This was a nice little second parter. We're almost like, we're 40 minutes in. And we've... I was going to say, we did, what, 40 minutes? Oh, oh no, we did we almost an hour forward. in the first part. And then, yeah, and then, go. fucking COVID nineteen internet started showing up. Yeah. yeah, it was weird. We were we were just kind of doing our thing, and then all of a sudden the internet started messing up, and then everyone sounded like started sounding like fucking robots. So obviously, um, the other elephant in the room here in New England, um, how many fucking brush fires? Well, there's no sports, and that's shitty. But hey. Plus side, if the if the NHL commissioner calls the season, guess what? Congrats to the Boston Bruins. You win the uh, 2020 uh, COVID-shortened Stanley Cup season. Um, so yay us. Um, but no. Anyways, brush. Brush fires. Wildland. It's it's springtime, folks. Get ready. Get You better get your work boots all greased up and get your greens and yellows ready to go because you're going to play. Um, oh, yeah. We had a mild winter. Oh, at least some, here in York County, severely mild. Um, no, and and um, actually, I a mutual aid department for for our department bagels. They had a uh, first alarm brush fire the other day. I don't know. I think it was just Friday. You may have been working. Um, yeah, I'm trying to remember. Where I'm trying not to drop was. the department's name, but yeah, <laughs> right. But was it to the? The direct west or the north? Um, it was um, northeast. <laughs> Northwest, excuse me. There yeah, you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so, there, was a, um, there was a small one today as well, somewhere. Yeah. All I know is 
um, when I read that address for that that Northwest apartment, I was like, oh god damn, we've been there before, and I remember. <laughs> uh, I can't even. I can't. I can't say it on air, but the comments the chief made were <laughs> still fucking make me giggle to this day. Um, <laughs> but anyway, it, I mean. The mere fact that we're seeing brush fires this early kind of makes starting, me yeah. kind of makes me a little nervous for what the s- summer is going to be. Um, Who knows, man? Well, knows? once like the the green lush stuff comes in, it, oh, once green a up, little bit less. Oh, once green up happens, it's it's kind of you better hope that you don't get a two week stretch of dry weather. Jesus, yeah, because yeah. once the snow melts and everything finally really dries, it's going to be like, hmm, maybe there's some potential for some stuff to happen because we know how smart the human beings are. What? I mean, mm. that really big one, <laughs> the really big Marty one Hogan. from a couple of years ago was because the guy had a brush fire and was like, I don't need to put it out all the way. That 310 acres? Yeah, not, not going to lie. I had a little bit of a – for anybody who doesn't know, anybody new to the program – we're all a little bit nerdy about certain subjects. Wildland happens to be mine, and I got a little bit of a. Chumster. A little is an understatement. I got a little bit of a. <laughs> got a little bit of a chumster. Um, just watching the plume, and you could smell it at my house because I live in that town, that city. And I smell it. I'm like, oh, sniff, sniff. Oh. I'm like, let me go, let me go. Well, the, the weird thing about that fire was I remember very specifically, for some reason, I went out and it was, actually, it wasn't for some reason, just because it was nice. Uh, we were having dinner, and I walked outside, and I was like, you know what, I'm going to eat my dinner out in the back of my truck. Why not? So I sit down, and something caused me to look over my shoulder. I didn't smell anything, but I remember seeing the plume, and I was like, ah. Uh, yeah. What? Maybe I should turn the radio on. Yeah, let me go run inside really, really, really quickly. Um, so, so since we're on the topic of brush fires, um, did you guys get it? I'm sure you have bagels, but have you actually had a chance to re see some of the articles that that I um those articles that are on the wall of the pictures that I took and I posted. About the fire oh, the 1947 fire, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, I was like, what are you talking about? Well, I'm trying not to drop, but... Um, hey, look at our Facebook page. We have a face page. Yeah. Um, so I took those pictures from a local department of the city that I live in, um, and it, it, it devastated this area. And I remember just, you know, it was... I don't even know what fucking time I took these pictures, but it was really late at night, and I was like, "Man, wow!" The near fact that somebody a found these these old newspaper articles from this fire that I've heard so much about that my great grandfather fought, my grandfather fought. Um, yeah, actually, that was that fire was the first big fire that my grandfather ever fought. <laughs> so, hey kid, welcome to the department. Here's here's a here's a tool. Here's a shovel. Uh, go towards that Have big, at it. flaming landscape. You'll be all right. And <laughs> you'll he... be fine. Just stay in the black. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But so no, there's another department that has pictures of those, and it's um, it's like 20 minutes away. It's a neighboring town to the city that I live in, and it's in their classroom. 
and it's pictures of some of the devastation, some burnt down and collapsed buildings, and as well as the main National Guard being out there. Yeah. Skate, skate. Yeah, it was, yeah, I was just adding like they they got pictures and they got pictures too. They got pictures <laughs> too. Everybody, did. <laughs> everybody, everybody's got pictures. But just a like, could you imagine? Right. Like having a fire that big go through so many towns and cities, and it just burn as far and as bad as it did. Basically, like, hey, guess what? I'm gonna burn everything. Like, and you would think even at least some kind of natural made fire block would stop it or impede it, but nope. No, and that's the biggest thing. Um, yeah, it's it's super crazy and how a road will not block a you know stop. I'm using air quotes here. Stop a wildfire. Like that, they teach you that in Wildland 101 is your roads. Hey, your roads are automatically your safe zone because that's man made. Mm, not always. Fuck mm. you, it is. Not always. No, that fire is going to fucking torch and fucking rip right over the top of your head. Yep, if, em if embers haven't been carried by the wind over the road beforehand, right. and it starts another fire. Right? So. On that, on this subject, I am working on getting a wild, a wildland guest. Um, I'm still waiting to hear back from him, but I'm pretty excited about this one because I've been talking to him, and he's just trying. Obviously, shit's starting to ramp up, and they got to get their sh their quals in and their fucking yearly physicals in. So before fire season starts up. Well, yeah. So we're we're coming we're coming to the end of the road for this episode. Yeah, um, kind of running out of stuff. Right. Running out of steam here. Well, it's not running out of steam. It's just like we've covered all of our freaking talking points, and um, yeah. but yeah, I'm kind of in this in this circle talk of like, well, I'm pretty sure we talked about everything, and hmm, I'm getting a little hungry. I'm thinking about some din din. And my belly's starting to rumble. Some din din. I might need some paper back. Baby back ribs. Chillin' baby back ribs. <laughs> Get in my back. <laughs> I was hoping somebody was going to pick up on it. Um, but, you know, we were kind of teeter-tottering, as most of you may know. We got decals! We got decals yes. now. Um, so it, we kind of hit a little bit of a hiccup. Shocker there in truck schmucks fashion, we hit a hiccup. Um, but bagels came to the rescue and figured fingered it out. Um, I just I had to yell at the computer for like a good hour and then I figured it out. Well, it's all good. I would, so I looked back at the chat. I was like, I would I fucking remember at saying bagels. Hey, can you take care of this? Because I know I felt I feel like I'm gonna fuck it up. I know, and then I started I started looking into it, and I'm like. My problem was I had to figure out what you had done when you'd set it up because right. I couldn't find it. And I was like, what is happening? What did he Why? do? What did he do? And then I figured it out, and then I finally messaged again, and I was just like, I'm mad at the computer I'm gonna, more than anything else. I am gonna, I'm calm. I am going to punch <laughs> like, my computer fine. into the wall in a minute. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'm going to punch my computer at the wall in a second here because every time I'm like, 
go here. And it's like, no. And I'm like, just go here. And then for some reason, all day, the website's been lagging every for, to load every time. And I'm like, just load. This Come is on. the 2020 coronavirus internet. Because everyone's on the internet because they're home. Yeah. They're not out well, fucking... even just a quick sidebar, like um, really, really quick sidebar. It's not related to what we're talking about at all. But Venmo, something as simple as Venmo, a fucking a phone app that we use where I work to pay in for shift meals. That was giving issues earlier, to, like yesterday. I was like, "What the hell?" But yeah, not you know. Hey, I, leave my pet alone. So we're. I have been on my own. Um, quick sidebar, as you know, the guys know. Um, I have been going out, kind of, just kind of putting some feelers out there for certain folks. Um, folks that I would I think would be interesting and and would be to talk to um so I we got we got some pretty we're working on some pretty cool guests coming on to the show um hopefully in the next couple of months um one of them I'm hopefully hopefully in the next not the next episode but the episode after we're gonna have that guest on and I'm pretty pretty excited about having this dude on here um that's all I'm gonna say so, oh, is it who you who we were talking about uh, earlier? There? Oh yes, yes. <laughs> um, I just gotta just gotta nail that down, nail a good time down when he's not on shift, and um, you know you're not on shift, and Bagels and I are not busy. Um, but this whole fucking coronavirus shit can go away at any time. But well, can... really quick about that, you know, I was watching. Um the news this morning and they said that there's a good possibility that this coronavirus could start to become a seasonal illness i mean as long as we're prepared for it it's not gonna be so fucking bad but this kind of came off of the fucking green monster at fenway and it was like oh boom hey guess what surprise here i am bitches that's pretty much what happened i mean it's like, I don't know what there is more else to say. I mean, it's like we've already pretty much nailed it to the ground. It's freaky. Right. Like, it was, yeah, yeah we're going to make fun of it for a minute. And then the real teeth of the issue are starting to show. And it's like, ah, shit. Okay, this is bad. Um, I can't sick this on chi- I can't sick this dog on a chicken. Right. Uh, for anybody who's a Zach Brown fan that would know that reference. But... <laughs> um... <laughs> But yeah, it, it it is scary. I mean, I'm in you know one of the spare rooms in my house that I just quickly turned into a, a studio, um, and usually there are people out walking around. There's people playing in their door backyards. None They're of that's going yards. on. They do a yeah, the cab in the yard. Since everybody likes to make fun of us, how we New Englanders talk. I'm going that. I am not even going that far into it. Because... There's no okay. There's no er. It's ah, ah, yep. ah. How fucking? How you fucking doing, guy? But thanks for coming out. Thanks for coming out. You might as well just but, uh... you might as well just put a potato on a string and thanks for coming out. <laughs> <laughs> I oh, I miss that movie. Go, go, but, go uh, fucking watch it. It's it's on like every platform now. Is it really? <laughs> Dude, it's on Vudu. It's for free on Vudu. Oh my god. 
And again, we're not oh, sponsored yeah. by Voodoo. I feel weird when or we drop. We're not sponsored by platform. anybody. Um, but yeah. But so, I mean, I am super, 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 I'm super thankful um, to be back um, talking with you guys and, and shooting the shit. Um, but... Man, we, I am we too. Did, I missed it. Yeah, I mean that that little that little hiatus that we took because of shit going down. Well, that's part- that was the thing that got me. Like I I might have said it in part one, but it was just it was like a domino effect. Like I got stupid busy with work, and then all of a sudden this coronavirus stuff starts happening. I'm like, why? Right, and it's like super crazy. It's like oh fuck, and then. Again, with the whole coronavirus thing, it just fucking picked up at my job. It's like fucking. Imagine that. It's right. It's fucking DefCon. Like somebody was like, "Oh, are we on DefCon four? It's for the worth." I'm like, "No, DefCon one. DefCon one is we are at war." Um, <laughs> I'm like, "Well, it's, technically we are at war with the virus, so yes, DefCon one would be appropriate." Um, when you have to start closing, you know, you know, start. It's, you know, the hospitals are starting to fucking close off like the fucking body going into shock. Start, hey, I'm going to start fucking pulling the important shit. <laughs> shunt the blood. I'm going to shunt, the, I'm gonna shunt the, the, the important shit to me. Um, that becomes a problem, and that's exactly what what's happening with me. I have been pulled from my normal everyday job and dropped into another job up at the hospital. We need all hands now. Right, and when you walk through the hospital, it's like, um, you need to go, like, so... Um, no visitors are allowed at our hospital. Zero. None. I mean, there are a couple of exceptions. One, you're having a fucking baby. Two, you, there's a loved one having a, a mm, important surgery in case shit goes sideways, you're there. Three, your loved one's going to fucking die within the next 24 hours. Those are the only three exceptions that my hospital is letting visitors in. Yeah, that's what they told us when my dad was in the hospital. They were like, well, we can't really have you visit. They're like, oh, really? Sorry. Sorry. Um, but, yeah, it's it's super nuts right now. But, again, not to hop on it, hop on it and we're not going to leave this episode on a fucking heavy note like that. But, again, I am super, 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 super thankful for everybody who follows us on the Book of Faces the insta snap um yes everybody that's the been grandma messaging. book the phonograph yep you know the face guys i am not shitting you on uh, just instagram alone i have been fielding messages how can i buy those stickers those are those are badass stickers how can i get one that's all Come i've been on. doing all fucking morning since i woke up at seven hey. o'clock this morning that is it i had to i had to shut my phone off at one point because i couldn't do it anymore <laughs> I got um, to change my settings for uh, my mail app on my phone so it doesn't go off every single time someone buys something on PayPal. Right. So it's like you guys hounding us for stuff to buy it. Honestly, though, you're great. rock stars. Yeah, and I, I'm I'm excited. Um, this is just the start. These these stickers or decals, whatever you want to fucking call them, these little sticky things. Um. The- images circles (laughs) whatever you want to call them um this is just a start you know we are working on getting t-shirts like we said in the very first episode we want to get t-shirts 
Um, we want to get sweat. I really want a sweatshirt. I personally want a truck schmucks t-shirt. Um, but when hockey Jersey style. Yes. Um, so the caveat is when you get these stickers, put them on whatever or share them on your, your socials. Um, and I am, I don't know. Did we discuss this, that we were going to use the, the hashtag schmucks nation or, yeah, we yes. did. Remember you mentioning yeah. that yeah. as things? Dude, I've been fucking hashtagging Schmucknation on everything. But um again, and we're we're trying we're I, I hate letting this go. This is like one of those little nephews that you don't, or little babies you don't get to see all that often. You just want to hold it and you just want to keep going. Um, that's what I feel like because now we're now we're at this episode is going to be two hours. So there you go. Uh, sorry, we were gone for a little bit. Exactly. It's, sure. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a yeah. two, two for one episode. Two for one. It's a two. For Let one. you guys know we're still here. We're still breathing on our own. No, uh, no ventilator. Uh, yeah. Well, there's no ventilators yeah. to for to help us. So. Yeah, I was just gonna say, uh, bad words. <laughs> um. But no, we're still here. We're still thankful as ever for every single one of you who are following us on Face Place, Snapchat, what Instagram. We don't have a Snapchat. Uh, why did we I say Snapchat? We don't have one. <laughs> no Snapchat. No, no snap faces. Bill Belichick calls it. But seriously, we could not move forward in the direction that we're moving without each and every single one of you. So as usual, thank you very much, and we appreciate you. Right. We love so, you. Normally, we love you. I don't do shout-outs, but... There is a person following us on the Instagram, and his name is Evan. He uh, he has been, since we started the Instagram page, he has been right there. He's liked every single photo. He's messaged us saying how awesome we are. Um, he loves our shit. Um, he actually screenshotted me back on February 6th when we were taking the hiatus. And, um, and he, he, and I'm going to quote him, fucking amazing so far. And... So, thank you, Evan, for the support you have given us, and it is fucking awesome that we are spreading our goofy version, our what we see in the fire service, but we put a little, little, we sprinkle a little humor on it. Um, a spin, a little spin of it, because it's it's this is a serious job, and and it's meant to be fun. It's meant to be positive, and. You know, yeah, everybody's out there trying to, you know, spread the positivity of the brotherhood, which is exactly what we're doing. Except we're doing it in a fun, comical way because the last thing that somebody wants to fucking do is when they come home from a shift and it's been shitty. And <laughs> oopsies, oops, um, that's gonna pick up. <laughs> um, <laughs> I watched it come on the thing, and I'm like, oh, that's gonna oh, pick no. up. <laughs> oh, please now, like, oh god. Um, on that note, you know, and, and, and again, you know, I love doing this. I love having fun with, tra you know, talking, talking shit with bagels and Travis. And, 
you know, I'm so glad that my little, my little, like, hey, maybe I, I kind of want to start a fire service podcast, but kind of have fun with it, and and I'm glad I get to do it with with you guys. Um, it, it makes it fun. Likewise. Um, like I said, like I was starting to say oh. when, before I pooped my pants, and <laughs> and not really pooped my pants. It was a gas exchange. Um, but. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, the last thing I want to freaking do after I, I come off of a hard shift, if I'm a full timer, is listen to someone seriously going on about the fire service. And there's nothing wrong with that. But if I could have a giggle with three goofy dudes from Maine, I'm picking that one every time. Um, you know, so that's, that's just my view on it. And I'm just so thankful to be in the position that I'm in. So... I'm, I'm signing off. Um, well, really quick, as we did in the first episode, I'm going to do a shout-out to um, Jade Harmon. I don't – forgive me. I, I can't – I can't remember what I did yesterday. I can't – I don't know. I don't remember her. Um, oh. She has a – she is the lady who designed our logo, and she has a Facebook page. I can't remember off the top of my head what it is, but I will find it, and we will post it the link on our Facebook page wall. So if you have a design, if you want that you want to have put on a shirt on whatever, she does amazing work. She's a really great person to work with and whatever you want her to do within reason. She's not going to draw within your reason, fucking she game. will do her <laughs> she will do her absolute best to give you what you want. And she gave us exactly what we wanted, and our fucking, our fucking logo is awesome. People are talking about our logo. Um, mainly, I think the 69 on the helmet front <laughs> kind of gets it a little chuckle from people, <laughs> <laughs> which is the reason why we picked what? it. What? We're from 69 truck. I don't know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, we're the 69th truck in uh, York County guy. Uh, but no, I... And I think that was the the whole goal is we we all have mustaches and so we wanted something to tie in the old salty dog mustache and I kind of have a little bit of fun with it which is the reason why we placed the sixty nine on it um, you know just kind of have a little bit of fun you know back when I was in high school I actually said you know I want to be in a, I want to be a New York City firefighter but I want to be assigned to like engine sixty nine or truck sixty nine. <laughs> you know me being the high, the immature <laughs> immature high school kid. Um, yeah. That's what I wanted. I wanted to be on like on truck sixty nine. Just so I, I think could, we all did. I think yeah. Anybody who was a teenager growing up and wanted to be in the fire service, so I want something to do with sixty nine. <laughs> yeah. Kids are gonna. Let, I am hoping parents don't let let our kids listen to this show because there's a lot of fucks that get dropped. But that's okay. That makes us that may, that's keeps us different from the rest of them. We're kind of laid back. It's human. You are getting a very raw un. I'm using air quotes again. Unscripted show. You got to make the noise of the air quotes. That's just dumb. That's dumb. <laughs> that's just dumb. Well, that's all I have. That yeah, I, I'm I'm talked out. Mark that on the fucking calendar. Oh, man. What, what's there to say? 
Wear your seatbelt. Don't run with scissors. Drink your milk. Wash, Wash your, your hands. hands. Wash your. Hang on. Eat your vegetables. Hang on. I, I, ha I have a video for this. And I shared it with you guys already. <laughs> yes. So I made a little funny thing. And it's me. Um, so I used one of the um, Facebook filters. And it's me in a fucking Star Wars thing. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? Come on. It won't, it won't load in my phone. I have to go to the chat. Anyway, it's wash your fucking hands. <laughs> wash your fucking hands. Don't fucking roll. cough and sneeze on anybody. And watch out for everybody. Oh. Don't lick doorknobs. Don't lick handrails. Toilet don't seat. touch your face. Thank you. I was going to say toilet seat to your fuck. And cough. Um, and obviously, um, we haven't done the shout out yet, but huge thank you to the nurses, the doctors, anybody who's on the front lines in an ER taking in on these patients and our and our brothers and sisters that are going to these calls with po with possible covid positive possible positive covid patients. Um you guys are the rock stars. Um so thank you. I know you guys don't hear it enough, but you guys make us look good at the end of the day when we take patients in. So I know the hours are long and the money is shit, but we don't do it for the money. We do it for the patients. So huge shout out to the doctors and nurses around the country and the world. I mean, Italy's getting their dicks, you know, pounded in, but yeah, that's, that's looking pretty grim. Yeah. But huge shout out. They're not giving up hope. I actually watched a video of a COVID patient who was near death um, last week and now she just got released from the hospital. So that was a huge, huge positive thing to watch first thing this morning. And so um, if you're a doctor or a nurse, I can't do it, but pat yourself on the back. You're doing, you're doing a great job. I know it doesn't feel like it in the moment, but you're doing a great job. And um, make sure to, if you're a healthcare worker and you're working in the hospital, um, go back to episode three when we're talking about fit for duty. That just not, you know, being mentally healthy is not just for us first responders. That's anybody who works exactly. in a tough job. Um, you know, when people, I actually started talking to about it about a coworker, uh, our show with a coworker today, and I'm like, you know, the first two episodes you probably won't get, so start with episode three. Um, that would be more in line with what you're doing, um, getting in, going into nursing. You know, you got to stay mentally healthy and. And I was so glad when I one of the last emails that I got from. It, it's a generic email, but it was an email from the head honcho from the from the hospital, um, saying that our mental health is just as important as our physical health. And I was super excited to see that. Um, so when you when you actually have an employer that actually, quote unquote, gives a shit about you, um, in that way, it's it speaks huge. And we actually have on on staff counselors, um, spiritual uh, people, you know, reverends, rabbis, you name it, we have it, um, but at the hospital, at, and it's not just for the patients, it's for us too, um, but it's good, make sure to keep yourself mentally healthy, not just physically, mental, mental is, is still part of, it should be part of your, your game, um, taking care of your mental health.
which is the reason why I took Monday off. <laughs> so yeah, at, at my work, um, from literally March 12th, um, changed the game for, for us here in Maine. Um, that was the, the confirmed first COVID patient. And from then to, to um, five o'clock on Friday, I, my brain, when I walk into work, it's, it's, it's going, it's nonstop. Um, so yeah, you guys got anything? You guys are rock stars. Um, just with this whole, everybody's doing it, this whole social distancing, personally, my, myself, my wife and I, we went out to get some shopping done. I know this whole social distancing thing, staying home is getting a little bit annoying. But it's important. But yes, stay calm. Take a deep breath. This is not going to last forever. It'll pass. It's temporary. And yeah, it's temporary. So. Do whatever coping mechanisms, healthy coping mechanisms you have. So that does not mean go and snort and a line of coke? <laughs> yeah, don't go. Don't go on a bender. Yeah, don't go. Just because and, you the know, liquor stores are open doesn't mean you have to drink every with... shell. Um... Yeah. <laughs> don't go off and do a bump in the you know behind the refrigerator door. That is not absolutely not what we're encouraging. No, 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 that no. That was a little specific there, huh? Yeah. <laughs> thank thank uh, Joey Diaz for that turn of phrase. And who's Shameless jo plug, who, Joey Diaz? Who's Joey Diaz? He is he's a, a comedian. He's a comedian, dude. Yes, he's hilarious. Well, him, along with Tom Segura and Burt Kreischer. Ah. We're not sponsored by Burt, 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 or Tom Segura. <laughs> yeah. We're not sponsored by anybody. But if anybody we wants to sponsor our show, we are open. <laughs> right on. So, all right. I think this is a good, a good stopping point, boys. Yeah, I, I can agree. All right, boys. I, this time we do know how to do fun. it. Wash your hands, <laughs> wash you salty it. jakes and jakeesses. Jakeesses? <laughs> jakeesses? Um, wash your yeah. fucking hands and stay at least one Kareem Abdul-Jabbar away from the person in front of you in line. <laughs> Don't lick doorknobs. Don't, Don't lick, lick toilet seats. Don't lick toilet seats. And Don't just, yeah, just don't lick anything other than food, please. We're gonna shut off now because now we're moving into a territory that we don't need to move into. <clears throat> <laughs> don't lick, don't, don't, don't lick, lick anything. anything other than food, please. That is not what she said. Because <laughs> I was gonna be like, well, I mean, if you're into some things, I'm not gonna judge. But yeah, uh, that's that's you. Oh, don't ooh. lick. Toilets. Did anybody like else see toilets, that video yes. of that New Orleans um, news, you know, that news interview where the guy, it's a, it's a, I'm just saying, it was a big black guy <laughs> and he was like, I pulled a hell of a prank on these guys at work. I closed the door from the outside and then I went, achoo, <laughs> and everybody started freaking out <laughs> and he's like, you know what? I just want the days back when you could look, lick somebody's ass without having to wash your hands first. <laughs> I mean, wouldn't you want to lick, like, not lick that, but wash your hands first anyway? I mean, that's kind of a dirty area. Uh, 
that that that's you, dude. <laughs> Again, we're moving into a t- area that we know not. <laughs> we need about. to stop before we <laughs> before we go down our own. We don't want to go down. <laughs> right, we're we're gonna end up in the chief's office. Be like, uh, so you guys were talking about licking ass the other day on your show. Fucking <laughs> good for him. Come to the office, kiss my ass. <laughs> no licking ass has nothing to fucking do with you. I know, but uh, <laughs> but it'd be just funny if we get called in HR and be like, so you were th- talking about looking at somebody's ass. Well, I mean, it's the asshole, not the ass itself. Um, so, yeah, we're going to sign off there. Uh, I think we've just lost the point of no return. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, remember, remember, don't do that. And if you do, don't. wash your hands first. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing, like the what, the female news anchor, she's covering up her mouth, and you can hear her mumble. Did he really just say that? <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. <clears throat> oh, and the people who put—I I forgot to do this when we were plugging people in shoutouts. Um, uh, hang on, <clears throat> I gotta get—I gotta get the name right. I'm a fucking perfectionist when it comes to this shit. Um. So Zug Monster is the folks who did our uh, stickers. Great folks. Um, very quick. Um, with everything going on, again, everything surrounds COVID-19 um, or the coronavirus. Or coronavirus. Um, you know, um, they, they got it out within 20, 24 hours. Um, the sticker was, stickers were made and shipped. Um and they came in two days. It took two days to get to, from from California to Maine. Um, so yeah. So I'm I'm gonna shut up. We're gonna shut up now, and we're gonna let you get on with your day. But remember to wash your hands. Say one Kareem Abdul-Jabbar person away from the person in front of you. Um, so yeah. Uh, we'll catch you all on the next episode. Thanks for tuning in. Peace.